Thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist located under the city water tower on Mormon Mill Road in beautiful Marble Falls, Texas. We don't just love the Bible, we love talking about the Bible and talking about how the Bible informs our life in this world. Here recording with me in the conference room on the education wing of Fellowship Baptist Church is Carol Fishbeck, Misty Graham, Joni Wallach, and I'm Jamie. Glad to have you with us. We get back into the swing of things. This Is this season nine? Feels 19, like it. It would be three. Season three. Season three, yes. Of the podcast uh, that we've been working on here. And we're doing a little different motif, I guess. Is that the right word? Motif? Yeah, motif. Mojo. Schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, mixing it up. Mixing it up. Jumping the shark, whatever. Well, no. Jumping the shark. Jumping the shark. <laughs> Now you're just being silly. Do you know where that comes from? Yes, Happy Days. I, I'm glad that Aww. you do. Most Tony people, loves Chachi. Fonzie. No, that was the spinoff. Well, no, the best, but the Dr. best spinoff Fonzarelli. was Mork from Mork. Yeah. Mork and Mindy. Oh, I didn't realize that was a spinoff from Happy Days. How did you not know that? Yeah. That's like the, one of the most famous Happy Days episodes. as a child. There were certain things I didn't get to watch. So. And Happy Days was one of them? Uh, Mork <laughs> from Ork was one of them. Mork so. from Ork. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. You don't remember Mork and Mindy? I, I remember the show. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a spinoff. The, the yeah, the suspenders. It's yeah, it started. Rainbow suspenders. Uh, Robin Williams played the character. Yeah. It was a strange episode in which mm-hmm. he comes in and he's like going to destroy the whole earth, but he bumps into Richie Cunningham, Cunningham. and all that stuff, and it's a strange. But it worked so well, they made a TV show about huh. it, starring Pam Dauber in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, That's our podcast for today. <laughs> Thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> Nobody's still with us. <laughs> Greg's still with us. I was going to say they learned something Kelly. today, so maybe Hi they got, got their money's worth. <laughs> so um, our motif is forgiveness. Uh, what, what we're going to do this for our eight episodes this uh, season is uh, grab some topics. We're still on the fence about whether or not dinosaurs will make the cut. We've seen four different... Um, program schedules and dinosaurs has made all of them except one uh if it doesn't make the cut you can blame daryl yes <laughs> uh, just didn't want to be flinging anything this time <laughs> we're not gonna fling dinosaurs <laughs> um so but forgiveness so how about we just throw it out there for a minute what are some of your first thoughts when i just say uh forgiveness mm-hmm. i think it's misunderstood i think it's 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 been Maybe maybe I'm speaking for myself. Um, it's probably been taught and explained in so many different ways. I think when we hear it, it's a loaded word sometimes. It, it, it carries sometimes positive, sometimes negative, but I think that maybe there's a lot of misunderstandings uh, surrounding it possibly. That's the first thought that pops in my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go straight to the biblical sense, and when is one of the first? Show off. If not, <laughs> if the first time it's mentioned in the Bible is, you know, with Adam and Eve. And not that they ever asked for forgiveness, but from what you can gather from the scripture, they were forgiven because ultimately Jesus came and forgave us all. And so that was where kind of I went first and then worked my way down from there. So 
for me, just the word like creates this feeling of like a despair in the pit of my stomach. Just uh, whoa, 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 I need to. So the word forgiveness the word makes for- you despair. Like it just like it's a trigger word for me because forgiveness always comes with hurt, and so mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have the hurt for the forgiveness to come, and I just don't want to have the hurt. So it's a trigger word. Thanks. So. <laughs> so you're gonna bow out of this podcast? So I'm done now. Peace <laughs> out. This is just gonna be a counseling session for Joni. <laughs> Und tell me about your despair. What makes you despair? Was that really a question? No. <laughs> so, so many things. But so, do you ever get to a place where it becomes positive for you? Um, maybe. Maybe. We'll see at the end of the podcast. We're still working on that. We're still working on that. Hmm. Well, and that's kind of was my point. I think, one, I get it that, that, yeah, forgiveness means that something happened that needs to be forgiven. Um, but at the same time, I know some people have been told you have to forgive them. And I think it's it creates a lot of confusion because it gets mixed together with um, reconciliation. And that's my big... Um, disconnect is always you know forgive and forget you hear things like that well you you don't you can't forget um well we force kids to say i'm sorry and act like nothing ever happened and we think that's forgiveness as opposed to um we can get this get in this deeper later on i feel like but i just think there's a lot of confusion about what forgiveness entails well don't wait till later Uh, go there now we're here (laughs) Well, just for, for example, the, the first thing, as I mentioned, reconciliation, forgiveness is about me, and it's about me and God um, and my spiritual health and my emotional health uh, and working through that and the hurt, then working through the relationship with the person or persons that hurt me, that's a totally different thing. I think they get lumped together sometimes. Um, well, just, just let it go. Just forgive them. And it feels like you're just whitewashing something or you're, you know, but until I learned that they're two different issues, that the forgiveness is one issue and the reconciliation and the dealing with the relationship of who hurt you is a totally different issue. That helped a lot. Uh, I'm not certain I buy two issues. Um, Talk to me about how they're different. Um, Uh, uh, Let me rephrase that. Talk about, please, how they're not a process toward the same thing because that's where i would argue it's not two different things it's two parts of one idea okay i'll I'll agree with that but let's say for example somebody deeply hurts you but they never own that you can't you can forgive them but if you're trying to have a relationship with somebody who has abused you in some way and they're not dealing with their side of the things, can you truly reconcile that relationship? Is reconciliation the goal of forgiveness? I don't think it's the goal of forgiveness, no. I just think what my whole point was, I think they get lumped together and that we uh, sometimes feel like, well, forgiveness means I have to be buddies with that person again. Right, and you have to put yourself right back into that same scenario and situation that you were in before, which is... Because God told you to to forgive. Yeah, and that's not the case. If you're, if you're doing that, I completely agree with you because I don't believe that the scriptures ever teach us, nor does the historic Christian faith teach us, that forgiveness means to not hold people accountable for the pain they cause us. And I've seen that used before we were just talking, before we went, before we went on the air, 
we were talking about uh, the culture of sexual predators in mm-hmm. church staffs and church uh, uh, culture. Um, we've been reading different things and listening to different things about uh, stuff that happens in other, uh, let me phrase, other places. <laughs> um, and a big part of the way that gets perpetuated is victims are forced by the culture of forgiveness to forgive their abuser and then act like nothing ever your yeah. language act yes. like never mm-hmm. and don't call the police if they're children minors none of that's involved and that's a real problem yes and so you've, you're forcing people to live in relationship with someone who hurt them who they should never be around um those are problems yeah. right it's mm-hmm. taking down all of the boundaries mm-hmm. it's it's if you forgive then okay the boundaries are down and i just don't think that's the case boundaries are good mm-hmm. um but on the flip side of that is if someone has abused you and they're not being held accountable forgiveness is still i think necessary but it's not about the relationship with that other person as much as it is about your own heart mm-hmm. and your relationship with yourself and your relationship with God uh, more so than anything. And it's not, um, I don't think it's so much about you have to do this because it's the right thing. I think it's because unforgiveness is destructive mm-hmm. and, 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 and um, like a toxin. Well, and I think a lot of times you have to watch and check your own emotions because number one, did that person really mean to offend you? You get upset, you know, and for me, I have to see, well, is that just me being a little bit, you know, wearing my feelings on my sleeves? Did she really mean to hurt my feelings? Or, you know, so a lot of times I think we're offended and take things in personal that were never meant to be personal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, well, if I can push there, because I think that you're right. I think we're, we're, we live in a, in, in a culture that's just ready for someone to offend mm-hmm. us. Um but I think what happens is because we do that, I I was really hurt when you said that thing and, and it hurt me a lot much. We cheapen true harm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So to, to have someone give us a, a look that we perceive as a dirty look in worship service or at the grocery or they I know they saw me at the grocery store and didn't right. say hi to me. How dare yeah. you? I've, I've had that happen to me yeah. before. I didn't really, even see you. Really outraged. I'm like, I was trying to get I'm milk sorry. and eggs. You know, yeah. I, I'm not, I wasn't dodging you at all. The, um, to put that in the same category as the abuse, mm-hmm. the person who's been victimized in a very powerful way, uh, in a harmful way, it cheapens what the whole process means in terms yeah. of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the same process, I think. Um, so, Kind of what Daryl's talking about, the Lewis Smeads, there's a, a book, it, I, I know I have it in my library, or I had, it's called Forgive and Forget, Bas- the bas- basic premise is, is you don't f- ever forget, mm-hmm. that, that's a divine attribute, um, but he, he does this great work, and I, I can't, I was going to go look at it to, to bring it in here, I, I remember I loaned it out to someone who has not returned it. 
He's looking at me. I'm pretty sure I don't have it. <laughs> no, but I just but but the hurt. But if I do, but have you forgiven? Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I can forgive the person who has my forgiveness book. I, I do have your Tim Keller uh, prayer book, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he hasn't been able to pray since you had that <laughs> I can't book. Forgive? I can't pray. He's offended. He I'm, that I'm offended. Um, but Smeed really has like a three-step process that leads toward forgiveness that I, I've preached it many times and taught it many times. I think it's just spot on the money. And the first part of that is that you have to define the harm that was done to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about this is, you know, you don't forgive a tiger if it eats off your leg. If you're in the jungle and the tiger finds you and it eats your leg, the, the tiger wasn't doing anything strange. It's what tigers do. You were in his jungle. Uh, so you don't have to forgive a tiger. But when we do that to human beings who hurt us, we just, we thought, well, that's just what they do, or that's mm-hmm. just how they are. We dehumanize them. We say, you're like a tiger or like a shark. But we have to actually name what they have done and the pain that it caused us rather than dismissing it. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see a lot of times in family structures is the impetus is on individuals who've been hurt to just say, oh, well, that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. I, I, tell you, I tell you, I am sick to death of that. Mm-hmm. When people say, well, that's just how he is. Mm-hmm. So he gets to be a jerk to everyone. Right. Right. Yeah. And we all just have to take Deal it because it. that's how he is. Yeah. Or and don't take this the wrong way. But, but, you're, yeah. ugly. Bless your but heart. you're ugly. But you know, <laughs> if we're all created in the image of God, then you're saying that's how God is. And that's, that's well, and you're not saying okay. that you can't, God can't change you. You know, mm-hmm. is that you're stuck that way? Well, that's just the way I am. Well, well and it's like the know. accountability issue. There, mm-hmm. no, you know, you're being hurt and abused by someone, but then it's getting dismissed and just uh, justified mm-hmm. just for whatever. Right. So, so you have this. Right. It's going back to that that toxic culture subculture we talked about earlier. So, if if a male is aggressive toward a female in a sexual way. It's dismissed. That's just how God made men, which is the stupidest thing I've mm-hmm. ever heard. Um, y- y- just because God made you a certain way doesn't give you license to abuse that or, or take it too far. Um, it's just a, a silly, silly thing to do. But it's a dismissive, mm-hmm. and it says it's no big deal. But you have before you can actually forgive someone, you actually have to admit it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It did hurt. Right. And that's where you get the difference between didn't look at me in the grocery store when I know you saw me mm-hmm. and um, went all Carrie Underwood and shoved a <laughs> Louisville slugger through <laughs> my headlights my and slicing up my tires. Uh, that, that's the difference. Yeah. Uh, those two different uh, mm-hmm. concepts. There's yeah. there's a, a, speaking of books, there's a book that I read a few years ago was pretty impactful the bible it's, it's, it's the bible <laughs> yes it had bible verses in it too harry it's, potter it's actually i almost just started the podcast and just said enneagram harry potter so i could just <laughs> go ahead and get it out there i would like to but point I out a couple of weeks ago daryl preached and i was waiting for it i was waiting for it and there it was boom <laughs> invisibility cloak <laughs> did there's i say al- that there's no. always yes you did there's always a harry potter reference uh, jk if you're listening if i'm a big fan flows out of you like sweat i I almost chased a rabbit but i'm not gonna go there um but the book is called the cure and it's not i love that group not the band (laughs) (laughs) and when googling the book it's really confusing because you always get the band 
Um, but part of it is talking about hurt and forgiveness, and it has a process of walking you through, through forgiveness as well, and it talks about the importance of dealing with it with you and your relationship with God, and it, and it talks about exactly what you're saying. Define the hurt. Write it out. Tell it to God. Put it in a journal. Be specific. And then I think that the advantage of that is because we hold so much in, in emotion, but we're actually articulating what we've been hurt. And in some instances that can be healing and others, it might be as we're writing it out. Well, I was in the grocery store and someone didn't look at me. God can say, you're, you're not hurt. <laughs> you're not hurt. Right. God yeah. can kind of maybe speak to you and say, I, I understand you're hurt, but maybe you misinterpreted the situation. Right. And, and it allows us to maybe get some, some grounding on the situation. Mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. I think when we get hurt, it's amazing. We want someone to empathize with us. And so we'll start talking mm -hmm. to everybody and the story gets a little bit exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Or if someone doesn't side with us enough, um, and, well, then, and then come to find out it's nothing that person's like oh I'm sorry you know just it was right. all on me I'm yeah. the one that overthought all these things and made all these scenarios and went around trying to get everybody on my side but you know when we pray and go to the Lord and say help me to you know um, to not have those thoughts and not because if I've not done anything to offend somebody you know when you've offended somebody like when I I'm know, rude do you do you really know when you've offended somebody? Well, sometimes I, I know when I'm being ugly and when I'm really just in a bad mood. I've had to apologize to people. I've apologized to Joni. I feel like I've apologized to Jamie and Daryl. Never and, not once. And, but, but did you mean it, it? Or was it, say it like you mean it this it like time. It. Like when you're a kid and your mom says, apologize to your brother. Say it like you mean it. Well, and that's what I'm talking about. When you're kind of forced to do something and go through some, <laughs> some emotions like that, that's right. not beneficial in learning what forgiveness is about. Does our culture um, facilitate that faux forgiveness by seeming uh, to to force people to say the words, say the say the words like mm -hmm. they're like they're magic yeah. words? Yeah, yeah. I forgive you. Right. And well, and usually the response to that is it's okay. And um, when I was in the classroom, I didn't like my students to use the words "it's okay" because it's not okay for someone to hurt you. So it was more tell them that you're hurt. Tell them. Tell them what happened. Tell them, I didn't like it when you cut my shirt or sneezed on my <laughs> pizza or whatever it was. Things happen. Mm. Um, but, um, like, say... What kind of classroom did you have? <laughs> I got some stories. I got lots of stories. Kids running around with scissors just cutting people's <laughs> shirts. Sneezing on everybody's lunch. Sneezing on your pizza. Or, you know, whatever it is. Or I didn't play with you at recess. Like, tell them that you're mm. hurt because so many times... Either someone doesn't know that they've hurt you, or they don't recognize that you know right. that yeah. that's part of it. But um, and then ask for forgiveness, and they can choose to forgive them or choose not to forgive them. Well, that's the second aspect there of what Sneeds runs through, and that is the confrontation. That you really can't for you can't move forward with the uh, forgiveness process until you have told the person mm -hmm. who hurt you how much they hurt you yeah. and that's where it gets hard because what if the other person is not as submissive to that if the other exactly. person is just shut you out i've been in that situation exactly and everybody and has their own story yeah it, you know they you won't talk to you you have to figure out ways to you know or they're in prison mm. Mm -hmm. Or they're dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forgiving those who are dead is the hardest. But Smeed mm -hmm. says you still have to do it. You have to find yes. a way to still yeah. confront them. You pull up mm -hmm. a chair. That's what I had to do. I had to pull up a chair, sit right in front of this empty chair, pretend the person was there, spill out my guts, say these are the reasons, I forgive you. 
and it helped. It really did. Mm. So you do you just you have you have to do that in now, order to move was on. That as a, was that as a sub? I'm, I'm gonna push personal stuff. Was that as a substitute because the person you were working through was not physically available, or you didn't want to confront them? You were trying to no, avoid them. I tried to confront. I tried okay. to talk and work things out, but I was not well received, and I, I got no response. Er, er, the response I got back was it was just, um, it was just a one-sided thing, and okay. we weren't able to to converse. And so I had to choose to forgive and love just from a distance. And, and, that's, so, and, and that's, that's what I do. And what you did is a technique that is helpful and, and can be very, very meaningful and so, as a substitute for that personal confrontation. Mm-hmm. I think had you not tried right. to confront them, that would have been less meaningful. Right, Because yes. it, it would have been a, an act of, uh, of avoiding, mm-hmm. avoidance, the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't always necessarily think so. We, um, the avoiding, like I think it still is powerful if you can't confront that person. Um, One of my children was in an in-home daycare, and some things happened there that were not okay at all. And, um, are you okay over there? Sneeze on our pizza. (laughs) Jamie's having a moment. Where's our scones? I was fine. I was fine until I took a drink of water. It's like, good grief. Um, (laughs) Oh, there's hair in it. (laughs) See? (laughs) Probably Presbyterian water. Beard hair. (laughs) <laughs> Did you get it out of the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. So what were you saying? <laughs> so um, I had one, Daycare. Of, one of my um, one of my kiddos, one of my own personal children were in was in an in-home daycare and some things happened there that were not OK. And um, I immediately put up some boundaries that I just didn't want to to go down that road. Um but I had gotten to a point where I was not forgiving the lady that had put my kid in a really dangerous situation at all. Um, there's legal things. It was, it, was a, it was a really bad, dangerous situation, but I was angry. But then I realized, like, the anger was also, like, I was angry because I had to work and I couldn't watch my own ch- child. And there was, I had to go through a series of forgiveness, but I realized it wasn't just at her. It was at myself, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, see guilt. Yes, serious mom guilt. So, so, but did you confront her? So I was not able to confront her, um, just legal reasons. So you were never able to say to her, this is what you did to my child. Right. And this is why it was wrong. Right. Mm. But I realized that, like, for years that I harbored that, like, unforgiveness, and finally I had to come to grips with I was not forgiving her because I wanted to confront her and I well, was unable to. Okay, that actually proves the point. There was no sense of satisfaction in the forgiveness process because that confrontation was hindered. Right. So I would even argue maybe you haven't fully processed the whole thing yet still. Probably not. Because um, forgiveness can take years and decades. It does not happen fast. Um but I think that confrontation is still important. Um, and I'm, I don't want you to break the law. Don't don't go against any kind of legal. Mm-hmm. I, I, please don't. Please don't have the sheriff's department come pick you up here. Um, that's, that's no good. But I think that maybe in your mind you're still working through. Uh, how you're going to do that. And she never, she, she never admitted to putting my kid in danger. 
Like, mm-hmm. that was not something, you know, she, she never, never accepted, owned that. Yeah, Her story sounded completely different. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, wow. It was not good. So, the how, how do you confront someone who hurts you, though, who's dead? Journals, maybe. I'd say, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the empty chair or writing something out, maybe. Do some, I, I would think something... Um, physically symbolic like where you write something and then read it out loud and yeah. burn it or I, I don't know well, you gotta get that <laughs> bury out. it oh, you fire just, is always you good you just, went, you just went 1980s youth group right <laughs> where you write it out and you burn, burn it, it. Baruch. I, I've often wondered how many sprinkler systems were set off in the churches <laughs> in the 80s from that uh, that was a big movement but, that, but it helps I would say if you're gonna do the burn thing take it to the grave Take it to the grave and burn it there. Burn it at mm-hmm. the grave. Although you may be accused of being like a witch or something. <laughs> or uh, start to light the cemetery on fire. Too. Yeah. Oh, careful. Don't do it in a burn <laughs> van. Don't do it in August in Texas. It's not, not a good idea. Something like that, uh, uh, some sort of symbolic action. Even if you just find a photograph of them and, and talk mm. to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this is where as Christ followers, we have a deep, deep resource that the, the process of forgiveness is important for all human beings, but as Christ followers, we have the resource of prayer, mm-hmm. which can also be a kind of confrontation in which we take our hurt and pain to the Lord and say, you know, this person, uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so or um, the, the person who did this to me, Lord, they hurt me. I they're dead. I can't confront them. Help me work through it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you have a supernatural aspects. Mm-hmm. of certain things and you know forgiveness is a choice like Joni said earlier you can choose to if somebody's apologizing mm-hmm. to you you can choose to accept that or not but as Christ followers we are called to forgive you know and that's part of what sets us apart of you know normal people is because we do know what we're wait, supposed wait, wait, to wait, wait, wait. we're normal no, what are we <laughs> Have you met Misty? Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Will you forgive me for that conversation? We're we're as normal as anybody else. But, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. And more than just it's a choice, I think it's it's supposed to, it was intended to be an aspect of modeling healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And, and, And so much of what I believe that God was calling from the Old Testament, Israelites towards and then Jesus calling the people towards was a better way Mm -hmm. and left to our own devices as humans we tend to do some pretty selfish stupid things and God was continually trying to say hey have you have you considered this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I I don't think forgiveness is just another one of those things he says all right here's one more rule you guys need to follow I think it was when you walk in these ways, it heals, it reconciles, it mm-hmm. restores, it brings life, it brings mm-hmm. brings good things. And uh, one of the things that I brought today was a, a reference to First Peter two, um, where Jesus, uh, Peter's talking about Jesus um, in the midst of his suffering, how he kept entrusting himself to Him who judges righteously. Forgiveness is also an act of faith because what I'm doing is I've heard it put this way. I'm taking that person off of my hook and I'm putting them on God's hook. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of saying, I'm going to trust you with the justice because for one, I'm probably not capable of truly seeing the fact that you can do more than I could do. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
it's 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 inviting me to say god can i trust you with my hurt right can i believe that you can heal me and you can maybe do something in this relationship um you've seen stories of thinking of one that's I probably showed in youth group once of a mom whose daughter was killed by a drunk driver or something like that and he went to prison and they became she forgave you know this long process of communication and forgiveness and now they go on tour together because her forgiveness and grace you know brought him to Christ and it, I don't know these incredible stories of people doing things that I was well, like oh I could never do that and well, that like reminds that. me of the the great um, reconciliation um, commission I think it's what it's called in South Africa after apartheid film. oh yeah these these huge meetings in which this process was gone through at a national thing where um, the the white people who had hurt black people there for so long came before these councils admitted what they had done asked for forgiveness and it was granted and that was lots of tears I mean, it was not easy mm -hmm. it was very very painful very very difficult but that has always been like a model in the mm -hmm. modern world of what it can look like um in a in a secular situation yep. to make justice better because um punishing someone for what they have done is one thing but it doesn't actually heal mm -hmm. the rift. I always think about um, that quote, see, two years ago, <laughs> see, since COVID happened, when I say last year, I really mean 2019. Um, yeah, we lost two years. I lost two years We lost there. a couple, um, couple years there. <clears throat> but it was a season of Lent, and I think it was before COVID hit. I, was, I wrote down all these quotations that related to uh, what are we doing? Something's dinging. Like, I don't know if it's coming through in the recording, but it's like a text ding or something. Are you calling? I was looking for your, like, thing. We all looked at our phones and didn't know if it was you or My, my phone's not even, but it is my computer. Oh, okay. it's, it's my family. Oh, okay. um, precious. Family chat. Do you need, do, we can pause if you want to see oh, what's no, going no. on. Oh, no, no. I just shut the computer. The um, <laughs> But I was taking these... Um, quotations related to the season of Lent and I was writing them on things and in strange places to kind of get a feel for it. Probably you don't have any memory of it because it, was, it, was, it wasn't nearly yeah, as... Yeah, because there's one there's in, the one in Aubrey's closet. closet. That's <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. The Most of them I erased, but some I left. Mm -hmm. uh, and my goal was to put these online. I thought it would be some great successful Lenten campaign mm -hmm. and like one, like, like, you know, one family member liked them. <laughs> Uh, for all 40 days of Lynn I did it and the idea was to have them written somewhere or on something that wasn't digital it was all analog everything was analog and one of them I put in, in our closet here at church at the building the the, the custodian closet where the all the chemicals and poisons are used and it's an Anne Lamott quote who's amazing handle with care she's not always you know sweet and kind <laughs> and sometimes she's bristly and she uses words that we don't use at church um to often <laughs> <laughs> and uh we don't use the words at church often or she uses the words often <laughs> she uses the words often maybe at her church <laughs> uh the the quote is not forgiving so to not forgive someone is like drinking the rat poison and expecting the rat to die mm -hmm. and that's i think where you were coming at 
so much of forgiveness is not a rule we have to follow to go to heaven or to be a good person. Forgiveness is the best possible thing for us when we've been hurt because the alternative, of course, is the bitterness Mm -hmm. and the bile that rises up Mm -hmm. inside of us. It almost never has any impact on the person because they're good, like Missy's thought, they're going to mm-hmm. dismiss you. Or like what you said, uh, Joni, the, the person didn't even admit that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. So th- we have to forgive because it affects us, mm-hmm. not them. And we're the ones that have ulcers and can't sleep at night. That's what I was going to say. That the benef- Not benefits, but the, well, the benefits of forgiving and forgiveness are, you know. Forgiveness with benefit. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think people realize how, how bogged down and weighed down they are. You know, when they're unforgiving, holding all those grudges. Well, like and that. when you get hurt, too, you, you tend to maybe lose a little perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you truly go through that process of forgiveness in that, in that way, I think then it helps you maybe to see the relationship a little clearer sure. before you just storm in there to confront mm-hmm. because you might be like, maybe oh, I was part of the problem or yeah. maybe I was too sensitive that day or whatever. Yes. And then... It helps, I think, move mm-hmm. the process forward in a better way. But it, but that takes some self-examination, and mm-hmm. you asking the Lord, help me here, fig- help me see what I'm doing that's that's wrong. Help me be better. I don't want to be that person. So I think it takes a person to come to that point to say, well, maybe it is me, because you know, right. it, it, that's just. And um, I think I think we have two two extremes too, and why this whole process is it's just not easy, because you talked about. Um, people not being held or being held accountable is, is if your hurt is dismissed or maybe you're gaslit or whatever on, on something about being hurt. So you got that extreme, but then you do have the other extreme where sometimes we do it to ourselves where we, mm-hmm. where we absorb it and say, oh, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And we don't own the, fir- the fact that we're, we're hurt mm-hmm. and we just kind of keep trying to shove it under the carpet and then it, th- it can become toxic mm-hmm. that way as well. Um, and I had another thought, but I just forgot it. So. Well, it can become toxic in a lot of ways. And one of those is when you've been hurt and you've not dealt with it in a healthy way of forgiveness, then it can create um, character flaws in you, like lack of trust mm-hmm. in other people, uh, isolation. You know, yeah. the, the, a solution for being hurt by people is to stay away from people, mm-hmm. yeah. which is not healthy at all. Mm-hmm. And that lots of folks, especially in church life, will do that, where we've been hurt at church and we've never worked through that process, so we just avoid mm-hmm. people. Or, or you can go another extreme. You can almost use forgiveness as a weapon, like you, you get offended or hurt, and then you go to this person that has no clue, and I just want to let you know that I forgive you. I forgive you, you. I've, yes. gotten, I've gotten letters like that I'm in the like, mail yeah. um, from people. Okay. For what? <laughs> yeah. yes. The Lord yeah. told me I had to forgive you. Yeah. And you have no I'm like, I, had, I, got, I got nothing. I, got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I talked to Jesus this morning. He didn't say a <laughs> word about any of this. <laughs> But, you know, when you go up to someone, there's, I think there's a difference in stating, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? I think there's a big difference there, you yeah. know, um, just needing to say, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I was wrong. But then to truly come up to say to somebody, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I think we, we leave that out a lot of the time. Well, I don't think that's... And we can be wrong mm-hmm. and not need to forgive or be forgiven right. sometimes i'm just wrong i didn't right. hurt anybody i'm just wrong right right the forgiveness piece is only when you've hurt somebody yeah i feel like right that, that's exactly right when someone else has been victimized by it and it's a true 
true, not not a faux kind of. But even then, I think it's left off a lot. I, I, I know I probably hurt you, and I'm sorry, you know, and then just want to, like Daryl said, wash it under the rug and go on. But mm-hmm. when you truly know that you've hurt somebody, that is what we're called to do is say, will you forgive me, you know, and ask them. Don't just take it for granted or think, oh, well, they know, you know, but to say the words. There's power in words, and I think we forget that a lot of the time. The, um, those words, Jesus lumps forgiveness, and I've got the one scripture here I really wanted to, to, to bring out uh, from Luke. He says, judge not, you'll not be judged. We all like that one. Mm-hmm. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. This is Luke six thirty seven. Then he says, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. And I just like the way in which he combines these three, judging, condemnation, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They're really not three different things. They're kind of three parts of a critical attitude that, that really play into where we're at. So when you don't forgive someone, you are basically condemning them. You're saying, I'm not ever going to give you a chance to make it right. Right. I'm going to take that opportunity right out of your hands. Mm-hmm. And then you're judging them by saying, you're not even worth my thought process of making it right with you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold on to that forever. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what creates that mm-hmm. lack of spirit, spirituality, spiritual context. Yeah. I'm convinced a lot of Christ followers problems with knowing God well and experiencing his work in their life is their lack of work on these sorts of issues. Mm -hmm. They're judgmental, they condemn people, and they refuse to forgive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they think they have because they've said the magic words, oh, I'm I'm sorry, sorry. please forgive me, or I forgive you, but they've actually never done the stuff that has Mm -hmm. to go with that. Well, forgiveness is such a secular concept, you know, it's accepted really, you know, in all, you know. So I don't know, can you... Can someone who doesn't know the forgiveness of Christ know the know what forgiveness is? Do you well, know what I mean? Like I know what you mean. Like the big F forgiveness and not the little F forgiveness. <laughs> uh, I know what you mean, but at the same time, I think that all forgiveness is rooted in God's love for mm-hmm. us, whether you follow Jesus or not. That's part of that being created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. The, the need for it, the desire for it, and the ability to do it is all an imprint of that divine attribute. Now we cannot forgive as fully as God can, you know, the ability to forget, right? right. As far as the East is from the West, so far I've removed your sins. Um, we can't do that. We can't forgive and forget like that, but it is a divine attribute that we are able to model just mm-hmm. like love. Even, mm-hmm. even non-Christians can love, right? It's just their love doesn't have the same. I'll be real careful here. A non-Christ follower's love can be just as deep and meaningful as mine is, but it will not have the eternal significance that mine does because it's connected to the, the, the love of God. So forgiveness, therefore, is something Jesus modeled by giving himself for us on the cross and forgiving us of our sins. Um, and, and what I find interesting in this language about having to confront the people and name it Mm-hmm. Think about we are, we're we're Baptist in this room. At least I am. <laughs> <clears throat> we're all Baptist in this okay. room. <laughs> Did you need a confirmation? Sorry, I was kind of waiting for some Baptist. <laughs> Baptist. 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 Uh, <laughs> spell it. <laughs> the. Uh, uh, 
IT. Baptist. The the language that we use of having a relationship with Jesus is what do you have to do? You have to confess your sins. Mm -hmm. With your mouth. Jesus has already given us the path to forgiveness. But we have to agree with him Mm -hmm. that what we've done is sinful Mm -hmm. and wrong. Now, that's not to beat you up. That's not to make you feel like a worm, as, as, as sometimes is, as pushed and prodded mm-hmm. and preachers do that. Ooh, pushed, prodded, preachers. <laughs> um, the, we, we do that sort of thing uh, all the time, but it's actually because that's part of the forgiveness process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all on the same terms now that what you have done is wrong, and now we can move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where reconciliation comes in. Jesus, in, in a very, very real way, I have to be real careful because I'm not trying to say everyone's going to heaven. But in a very real way, Jesus has already forgiven all of humanity. Mm-hmm. But not all of humanity has, has ex- accepted that invitation. Right. And yeah. appropriated Appropriate. the mm-hmm. reconciliation. Well, we we yeah. talked about that in 933 class yesterday yeah. of, of uh, accepting acceptance. Because you can have this forgiveness given to you, offered to you. Is that like rejecting rejection? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know if it'll work the same. <laughs> you reject me? Well, I reject your I rejection. Reject you. I reject your rejection. <laughs> um, but, it, but he gives us the, the choice. We don't have to live out of that forgiveness. Uh, and I referenced a movie, The Mission, um, where um, Robert De Niro's character does some things that he really feels horrible about. And he can't let it go. And he wants to beat himself up and beat himself up and kind of feels like he needs to pay penance. And he's going through this physical act of, of penance. And one of the priests in the movie is like, shouldn't we take that off of him literally? Because it's a physical thing he's doing. And he says he has to decide for himself mm-hmm. when he's kind of mm-hmm. has to let it go. Um, and, and there's a beautiful scene in the movie where really the people he's offended the most are the ones who kind of set him free. And I think that's the picture of mm-hmm. what you're talking about with, with confessing and with Christ is until we realize we need his forgiveness and his grace there, I think we start comparing ourselves and mm-hmm. start thinking the judging, the condemning, I'm better than everyone else. But when you mm-hmm. have to really own your failures and, and, and you get to experience that forgiveness and that grace, and you truly, truly experience it, I think that tempers the way you treat others. Absolutely. And and, and it's important that we realize that on the first few seconds we start to feel that anger or that jealousy or that offense come on. It's important that we go to the Lord at that moment and say, I don't want to go there. Help me not to do that. And because letting it continue and go on is what festers up and builds and turns into just you know that bitterness that that's rooted down right it turns into not a character for the moment but a character yeah for the mm-hmm. festers and yes. builds like like ooh that that'll preach though your unforgiving heart festers like a like a pus-filled pocket. <laughs> I was going to go a different way. I heard, I heard a, a counselor do this illustration once, and, and I don't know that it's necessarily biblical, but I think it was a great visual. And they said, uh, she used the verse, um, don't let the sun go down on your mm-hmm. anger. And That's biblical. Well, I know, but um, she was making the point that kind of each day you hold on to something that angers. Imagine a little pebble is being dropped mm-hmm. in your metaphorical heart. 
And the longer that goes, the heavier your heart goes. Mm -hmm. And she was making the point that a lot of times unforgiveness is is part of um, what often creates depression Mm -hmm. is because you feel heavy because Mm -hmm. you've been carrying uh, this heaviness or pus mm-hmm. whichever one you want <laughs> to go with it's like <laughs> <heaviness> <laughs> is better it's a little bit cleaner image but uh, i don't know sometimes graphic <laughs> and then we get to that point like daryl's talking about and it does start to affect other people you know we think it just affects us but no it ripples out and it starts to affect all those around us as well Absolutely. and then what does that do to our testimony well there's misty she claims to be a christian she's the children's pastor at fellowship but She's mean. She hate. She lashed out at me at the store. I mean, you know. She wouldn't look at she, me at the dairy aisle. She wouldn't aisles. look at me by the cookies. Well, and then there's so many different <laughs> angles to, to come at this because then you got other people that, like you said, I, I had to forgive you. Well, what did I do? What's what you didn't do? Okay, what did I not do? And they tell you, and well, did I know I was supposed to do that? And it's yeah, like right. this whole scenario happened in their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that this would ever happen in marriages or anything, but it's that unspoken expectation mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. nobody articulated, but you're still lying in bed mad about it because they didn't do the thing you didn't tell them you wanted them exactly. to do. Do words. the dishes, guys. Use your <laughs> words. <laughs> the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one other thing um, that I think we really have to talk about before we... Um, move much further and that is how do you know when you've forgiven someone because if it's not defined by forgetting which i think a lot so many people have come to me over the years and said i, tr- I forgave them i thought i forgave them but i keep remembering it mm-hmm. and they think that because they haven't forgotten it then they haven't really forgiven i think not forgetting is also a way that god protects us from not going back there Absol- too. i completely agree that it's a defense mechanism that is needed i've, I've heard it put that uh the more you're truly walking in that forgiveness, it's like a bad dream. You still remember, but some of the details maybe get fuzzy. I've heard that people that are holding on to bitterness, uh, you know, there've been people in nursing homes that their brains aren't sharp. Um, There's people in my home that the <laughs> brains aren't sharp, and that's me. Well, and, and then somehow you get them talking, and they'll go back to their childhood and tell you the details of a story of somebody that was mean to them and the colors the, of the dress they were wearing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so that... that Can't that, let it go. Yeah, but that in forgiveness, it's, it's still there, but it does kind of edges soften, I guess you could say, a little. I think it's, it's when you can think of that person and you don't have those constant feelings of, oh, you know, or she's on Facebook, or there he is on, you know. I think it, that's when you can start to feel like you've, you've got, you're in that freedom of. Wish, w- wish them well to yeah. a certain degree. Yeah, and you're okay, like, oh, you know, I'm glad they, went, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be friends with them, right. but I, I hope good things happen. Yes. <laughs> that's where I define it. it and, yeah. it's, and it's not just not thinking bad things of them. It's the active well-wishing yes when you can mm-hmm. see someone who hurts you and say you know i don't want to have i don't want to be in your life mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. <laughs> but i want your life to be good yes uh what's the phrase oh i can't remember it was um contemporary i think it's a hip-hop artist said it i can't remember who it was and that i remembered the quote but not who said it is to my own condemnation um but it was i'm I still want you to eat, but not at my table. Yeah. 
which is uh, that's where forgiveness is. I mm-hmm. want you to be full and well, but not with me. But not around because me. Because I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. You've forgiven someone when you can say that. Mm-hmm. That that's what the definition is to me. So much as I wish you, I wish you good things in life. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. I want your marriages to be good. M- marriage. <laughs> to, to be good all of them <laughs> that past, a turn. past present and future I would, I would like to just go on record as saying I believe uh, that Jamie just quoted Tupac <laughs> <laughs> but where can that kind of forgiveness <laughs> truly come from thank you Google <laughs> you know only that can come from the Lord the wisdom of Tupac Yes. Um, not Tupac, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think say, it's tied say to... Say that again, Misty. I, yeah. was, I was wrapped up in Gangster's I just Paradise. Said, and, and the only place that can truly, that forgiveness can truly come from, when you can truly forgive somebody, is only from, from the Lord and from Jesus. A true and total forgiveness, yes. yes I think. And I, I, it's tied to the more we understand God's, for forgi- God's forgiveness for us, I yes. think that's what helps fuel and empower mm-hmm. our ability to forgive others. Yep. Hurting people hurt people. Forgiven people forgive people, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. First John four nineteen. Because he loved us first. Mm. Oh, I love when mm-hmm. you quote Bible. Mm-hmm. So um, we've talked a lot about the personal aspects of forgiveness. What about institutions? I, I, I um, was a seminary student. It must have been 1994, 95. In our denomination, passed a resolution asking for forgiveness for the sin of slavery. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was kind of a big deal at the time. Does that have any? Does that work? How does that work? Can you ask for forgiveness or grant forgiveness to people for things their ancestors did that they didn't even do or were a part of? How does that work? I think. That, yes. Um, you, th- you think yes? yes. Daryl think thinks yes. yes. <laughs> That's like Misty with snacks. You want snacks? I think yes. I think yes. It's always going to be yes. You want forgiveness? I think yes. <laughs> um, part of that goes to the confessing, I think, that you mentioned earlier. Um, and honestly, we've s- we're seeing that in our culture today. There are certain things in history that some people want to dismiss want to whitewash want to ignore but of course you know in that context whitewash means something a little bit different than well, just covering yes over yes it does um and i think just having the willingness to to be honest and 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 confess i think what you're doing is your your um i can't think of the right word here but, but you're you're being humble you're not trying to fix it, change it, even um, expect an outcome. You're just saying, we screwed up mm-hmm. big. And then then leaving it, leaving it to, 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 to the other institution, the other people group, the other whatever, uh, to respond as they need to. But I think it's an act of courage and leadership to, to own it. Well, let's go ahead. Oh, I was just say if history repeats itself, which my history teacher said history repeats itself, then if you don't, that's ad- not the quote. What did my history teacher say? Because I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs> well, your history teacher may have said that, but he or she would have been wrong. The quote is: "Those who do not know history yes. are doomed, doomed to, to repeat it." Okay, well, which as a historian, apparently he wasn't a very good true. history teacher <laughs> because now I'm doomed to repeat it. <laughs> 
you know, um, I was. We're he off, was just cutting to the chase. We're off topic now. Sorry, go but, ahead. Um, you know, uh, in the news right now, Afghanistan is big in the news. Right. They should have talked to historians. We really could have helped. Mm-hmm. We really, really could have helped. That, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> go ahead. Um. Well, you completely derailed me. <laughs> But um, I think acknowledge Not the first time <laughs> won't be the last. I think just acknowledging that there is a like until you acknowledge that this was an issue, it will keep repeating. It is going to become a cycle, and I think that's true culturally, but it, just in our families, like until you like acknowledge that, okay, this happened, like it's gonna, it's just doomed to. So one of the things I remember when that resolution was passed, I was critical of. Um, the language because it was very soft Mm -hmm. it didn't do the work it was the that was just we're we're sorry about that i'm sorry can you forgive me for that let's move on now it didn't do the actual work it didn't uh, name it well enough it didn't name not just that our denomination was born of rape which it was it was founded by people who were upset they couldn't take their slaves to the mission field i honestly in all my years of being baptist and the baptist schools i've gone to and stuff did not realize some of the ties to to that which just shows not that it has to be brought up but it's just one of those issues that wasn't taught that you know slavery and baptists and things like that that that's convention splits and things like that that happened were around those issues completely maybe, about those issues maybe Absolutely i was just all about ignorant those issues. and didn't know the history but not one person i in the baptist worlds that i walked in ever referenced that. the the denomination was born uh, the southern baptist convention was born uh the 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 mission sending agency was in the north they said, you can go to the mission field, but you can't take your slaves with you. And Southerners were like, well, why can't we take our slaves? And not even processing the logical disconnect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a missionary. I want to take my slaves. This, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they f- they split and formed their own mission-sending agencies that would allow them to take their, their uh, slaves on the field with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it didn't do the work, not just in that regard of naming exactly what had happened, but it didn't do the work in in the terms of the long term consequences of it, right? For for um, not generations, not decades, for centuries mm-hmm. of the the benefit of if you were a white person in church, and if you were a black person who was not even allowed to go to church, um, all of these different things. Uh, it didn't deal with that and, and, the, and the, the cultural consequences today. That's what it means to name it. That's mm-hmm. the, you, if you don't confront all of it, and I'm using that now because it, 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 it's um, specific to my own personal history and I remember it well, uh, but there are so many issues mm-hmm. that we could talk about the same thing in church life mm-hmm. that we do, sure. but also in secular life, whether mm-hmm. you're talking about the Me Too movement or you're talking about... Um, the inequities of uh, a gender, um, you know, these are these are problems that you can't just say, "Well, forgive us for that." Can't can't we move on? Right. Yeah. I've heard that a lot about a lot of issues. Can't we just move on and be better? Well, you really can unless you're honest about all the mm. things. That well, have and, and and to be honest in that way means I don't get to define your hurt for you. Right. I don't get to to say, can we just move on? Haven't I done enough? That just right. shows you're not really true. See, 
I'm seeking forgiveness when I really want to understand how deeply I hurt you. Right. And that means I'm going to listen to you tell me about how it affected you. Yes. And then I'm going to feel that hurt with you. Mm-hmm. And, and until that takes humility and honesty uh, and patience. And, and like you said, owning my part. Right. Because I'm not trying to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. But can you own your ancestors part? I think you can try by at least maybe giving um, those that were hurt um, a voice. (laughs) So your ancestors, um, what does the Bible seem to indicate? That you do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, How often do the Old Testament prophets preach and pray and ask for forgiveness for not just what they had done, but what their people had done? what their ancestors had done. The sins of the generations. The sins of the fathers mm-hmm. are visited upon the, uh, to the third and fourth generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this inherited kind of guilt in that way. Yeah, you can. And it's not because you did it any wrong, you yourself, but it's because you are a part of a system mm-hmm. in which you benefited by the wrong that was done mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And so by admitting where you're at, you also are making a commitment toward reconciliation, mm-hmm. which is where you were talking was how it kind of started. You can't get to reconciliation without forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two different things, but if the goal of a society or of a group of people is to live in harmony, you can't do that without reconciliation. And that requires an admission, an owning, a confession of not just our participation in it, but of uh, our ancestors and those who came before us. And we're the voice. You're the voice of all those. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Esther, at, at time is this. This is what we're here to do, mm-hmm. you know, because you are that voice for this specific time. And, and you have to live in your time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I can't go back and change anything. Right. But I live in this time. I can change this. And what, what Daryl was talking earlier, I think, so true. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't defend. Uh, what about? I mean, that's, well, what about this people? Uh, don't, don't, don't. That's not the issue. The mm-hmm. issue is this, and let's listen, and accept it, and then don't try and def- minimi- minimize, minimize it. Yeah. someone else's hurt and pain. I think that that's crucial in all of mm-hmm. this, in whatever issue you're talking about. Um, the, you, uh, as a man, I have no right to tell any woman how she should feel when she's been victimized sexually. Mm-hmm. I just don't. My job is to listen yeah. and just listen mm-hmm. um, and then advocate for what I can to stop it mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. else have we covered everything out of the gate strong misty all your notepad did we get all your bible verses well in? of course not but that's did okay. you have one that you wanted to get to that we didn't uh, no I mean I think we talked about a lot of things I had already written down um, just forgiveness and one of the things I had written that I'll say right quick was in, I think it was in Matthew, whenever, you know, Peter um, denied the Lord three times, Jesus three times, and then Jesus forgives him the three times. And, um, you know, just talking about forgiveness, that's what came, that's what came to my mind is, and the 77, how many times are we supposed to forgive? You know, 77, you know, you just, it's, What's interesting about that one, though, was is how many times are you supposed to forgive your brother or sister? Mm-hmm. Does that only mean someone mm-hmm. in Christ, or does that mean anyone in the world? I think it, if 
What do you think, Misty? I think if, if these Hot words seat. are from <laughs> uh, for us, Joni's taking control. Then that is for us to do for anybody. I mean, we're the Christ followers. We're the ones following God's word, and so we are to, you know, we may be the only Christ that a lot of people see. You know, you're right. If they don't see our forgiveness, then they're not going they're to not see gonna. the forgiveness of our Father. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I see the universal application of that forgiveness aspect, but I also want to put an asterisk there. I do believe inside the body of Christ, we have a greater obligation to be more transparent and authentic with ourselves. Absolutely. So whereas the person who slighted me by not looking at me at the dairy case at the grocery store, uh, I might respond differently if we're in church together. Um, Not in a negative way, but in a, hey, I saw you. Are you okay? You know, as opposed to, you didn't look at me. But I have a, I have a higher obligation, I think, uh, within the body of Christ to each other for authentic transparency of our emotions, how we feel, what we're thinking, those sorts of things. Well, again, if Christianity is, is a, a relational belief system, whatever you want to call it, I don't want to use the word religion, but if it's a, a, a about relationships and uh, Jesus talks about love and loving your neighbor, then we've got to stop focusing on making it about who's right and who's wrong. Well, I have the right beliefs. I mean, I have the right, no, that group is in or out or whatever. And that I think is what leads to a lot of the judgment and the condemnation and the unforgiveness. So, well, I, I don't have to forgive them because they're just obviously in the wrong or whatever, as opposed to it's constantly about trying to connect and grow and heal and reconcile um, living on this planet together through mm-hmm. grace and love uh, and that is probably harder than just ticking the boxes and say I believe this 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 and this my group's right we win uh, that's all I have to do yeah um, as opposed to no I've got to deal with the, the relational side of I, I think you're exactly right. the the the, um, the repudiation that what it means to follow Christ is a, a, a a mental ascent to a list of propositions uh, cannot be more fully throated right now than I think we should give it. It is the Christian life is a behavior and a characteristic in which I reorient myself to follow Jesus and live the life he has called me to mm-hmm. live. Um, that's what relationship means. Mm-hmm. Wh- whatever you think it means, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior does not mean you check off mental ascent things. It means mm-hmm. he's... I've got to I've got to follow the things that he actually says. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's um, not in my life, he is my life. Um yeah. I think all that's true. I love it. Love it is. It. Well, thank you. This has been a re- good reboot, don't you think? Yes. Mm. It's been good. Uh, so for the I next one. I think I have I'll... things to work through. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be in tomorrow. We'll Sorry, t- we'll y'all. Talk Once later, I get Joni. this online, you can just go back and listen to this <laughs> podcast and it'll <laughs> Uh, well, make sure you share this with someone who you are working to forgive. Thank you for listening. Please like or share uh, with someone who has hurt you and wronged you so that you know that they know that you know that they know. And comment on this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Every click matters. You can also visit our website at fmf.life. Uh, we'll be back later. Don't know when. Don't know why. Don't know where. Uh, we with know why. more. Well, okay, why? With m- more Bible talk from under the water tower. Be safe out there. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>